It's 1.11 a.m. And I am in a bizarre Hollywood studio apartment with Mishka Shibali. <laughs> Wait, I can explain. <laughs> sure. Sure you can. I mean, this has been the most bizarre night, I have to tell you. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to come and talk to me. Well, I, I can't believe that you came out. And I can't believe that you're being such a good sport about this podcast <laughs> happening at such a ridiculous hour. Well, you know, I'm back into stand-up comedy, so I'm kind of used to the crazy hours. Um, I didn't expect to become your roadie for the evening. <laughs> that's, that's just an added bonus. Bonus. That's like, uh, yeah. You know, it's like if you have like one of those fancy credit cards and get like member perks, that's like a member privilege. Oh. To carry my guitar. To get swept <laughs> up in the madness? Yeah. I think you might be a little confused about my role in your life, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show. Can I just tell you? So I just went to see Mishka at um, this place called Loaded in the heart of Hollywood, and there were three comedians on, and from a comic's point of view, it was a hell gig, and they all did really well. It's... I, I love watching those guys work because they're such pros at digging their way through a really tough room, <sighs> and also seeing them night after night, it's the same material, but it's... Um, there's always crowd work. There's always new stuff, and then there, and it's like uh, Tetris. Like they're going to recombine the elements, you know, or putting the DNA together in a certain order um, to try and get through to people. And um, and then you came on and sang about suicide. Yeah, and, and that some, was the end of that. And for some reason, <laughs> like people loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I loved it. And Amy Dresner was in the audience tonight, too, who is a future podcast get, guest, spoiler alert. Um, and she loved it. And we were both cackling while you were on. And I think you thought we were mocking you, but we were laughing with you strictly. No, it was I, – I, um, I mean, you guys both have uh, big singular laughs. <laughs> and so I, I could tell who was laughing right away. <laughs> yeah, see? There, proof in point. And the, the snort. Yes. And, um, and also, uh, I knew that it, it was sort of like, uh, you know, the three prongs of a trident, uh, <laughs> you were laughing with me and you were laughing at me and you were laughing because you guys have been through those terrible relationships and there's like, you understand the, you know, the shit. It's D, all of the above, definitely. Yes, yeah. Um, when was the last time you felt suicidal? Tonight. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. You and I are peas in a pod. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I won't take medication either, so. I, um, I, I did this, this screening for uh, this reality TV show that, that a dating reality show that you wrote about in your Kindle single Bachelor number three. Bachelor number one. One. I know why um, I thought it was number three. Plug. That was awesome. Listen, I, I, like, I'm smooth as shit. Here. I'm telling you, smooth as shit. One a.m. Hollywood doesn't <laughs> matter. And um, you know, but they asked. You know, they were like, "Oh, you know, do you ever think about suicide?" And the answer is like, "Yeah, every single day." Yeah. And usually, what I think is, well. Not today. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I was like a very small child when I understood that, like, um, that my death would be at my own hand. 
You know, I mean, there's no, uh, I guess there's no funny way to couch that, but yeah. I don't know. You manage in your songs. I mean, I think they're hilarious because I like satire and I like people who talk about the, the shit that other people are afraid to talk about. And a year ago, I wrote a very detailed blog post about my own funeral and how my ex-husband um, and my boyfriend would be holding each other crying and what everybody would be wearing. We erotic fantasy <laughs> about men crying. I, I, mean, I, I had a girlfriend who, like, her, she really loved thinking about me going to the gym with one of my buddies and us, like, pumping iron and getting all, like, you know, worked up and sweaty and then, like, crying in each other's arms with our shirts off. And I was like, this is, the, this is crazy. I mean, male fantasies are ridiculous, but this is ridiculous. Wow. That's funny. I don't like men who cry too much, though. I'm always like, oh, no, hold it in. Oh, I, I, I cry all the time. I cry like a pregnant woman. <laughs> I cry. I cry today. I cry at car commercials. I'm, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm, I am weakness. That's not called weakness. Vulnerability is not weakness. Come on. Well, I, I'm exhausted, too. I mean, you know, we've been on the road for a month now, and it's like, you know... Punishing. Waffle House and gummy bears and Red Bull and staying up too late and then waking up too early. Is this a new song? Waffle House, Gummy Bears, and and Red Bull? Come on, that's a song. I don't want to write that song. Pick up your fucking guitar and let's bang that shit out right now. I would love to write a song, you know, where... I I would love to write the most (laughs) boring song in the world and just be like, yeah, man, I had a beautiful day. The end. How about a song (laughs) called Four Seasons, Tour Manager, and fucking Hot Blondes Every Night? I have I've stayed in some incredibly <laughs> nice hotels, and uh, whenever I go on the road with Doug, he always like hooks up the sweet hotels. Nice. And I always walk in and I feel like like I need to go through some decompression chamber or something. Have like the filth scrubbed off me <laughs> before I can even like lay in the bed. Or something <laughs> like that. Like, oh, these sheets are nice. I don't want to like keep enticing get my me. Terrible body. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It runs. It runs pretty deep. You can't scrub your soul. But the person who invents that and markets it on QVC... It's going to make a I shit will, ton. I will buy two of them. It's I'll true. Buy, Can buy, you buy one for me? I'll buy a mean one and I'll buy a spare. Well, isn't that... Do you believe in karma? No. You don't? No. So why do you think we suffer so much? You and I and the other kind of tortured souls. If it's not karma. Um... Chemical imbalances. I mean, come on. My my father's an empirical scientist, and I was you know I was brought up um, to be deeply invested in proof and data. And um, science is proving it now. Science is proving the existence of energy. Quantum physics is proving that we go somewhere else after we die. That our energy doesn't die. I. Um, no, it's one in the morning. No, You're no, just I, like my this brain, a little. My deep. brain is going to function in a minute. It's doing the little like rotating disc thing that like, <laughs> Max do when they're like, "No, I'm, I'm trying to open this. I'm trying to open this." Okay, I'm patient. Um, I'm I've, been li- I've been listening to this podcast in Invisibilia, uh-huh. and it's excellent. Um, and the thing that I like about it the most is that I hate the whole like positive energy and like you have to raise your vibration and all that shit. And I I, I think it's a bunch of garbage. It's like. You, you know, from there, and then the next step is crystals, and then, and then we just go off into, like, 
hoodoo and just fucking ridiculousness. But um, they proved on an Invisibilia podcast that positive vibes are real. Mm -hmm. And I hate that shit because because they, they proved me wrong with my method of my method of choice of empirical data. So, I mean, listen, you know, I, I don't pretend to have any answers. I have opinions on this stuff, but, um, I, I'm a songwriter and like, uh, you know, uh, a, a writer at the, the level of like, you know, somebody who microwaves hot dogs as a cook, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'll give you my opinion on this stuff, but I'm not going to pretend to have it all figured out. Well, neither would I be interested in someone who thinks they have it all figured out. The reason that you're interesting is because you don't have it figured out and you're very open about that. And the majority of the world walks around with their fucking suit and tie on pretending that they know what everything is. And that's exhausting. That is exhausting. Yeah, certainty is uh is just the worst thing ever and it's an illusion yeah it's um mishka just got handed a perrier by an attractive (laughs) talented young musician (laughs) it's a good life come on you gotta take it where you can get it i'm getting ripped off by douchebag promoters it's it's always nice to be chasing people up for 17 dollars at the end of the night i'm i'm 37 years old 37 years old i'm almost 38 and i'm like getting into pissing matches with dudes over like 20 bucks. It's ridiculous. That's horrifying. Yeah. But come on, you did this Amazon thing. You're very successful, whether you like it or not. Everybody, if you don't know already, so um, Mishka, which by the way, you said your name is Mishka, Mishka, which is mouse, which means mouse, but it's not. Mishka is mouse. Mishka is bear. And Shrubali comes from Shuba, which is fur, so actually you're a furry bear. You take that back. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it, no, it depends on whether it's Polish or Ukrainian or Russian. Right. It's, it's, I'm a Russian, so that's how okay. I'm translating it. Yeah, so it's, um, it is either Little Mouse or Little Bear. Depending yeah, on, Mishka depending on, or yeah. Mishka. Um, but um, the... The way my last name was explained to me is a corruption of Chevalier. Oh, okay. And, and it's like a bastard last name. Right. Where uh, the story goes that one of my ancestors was in Napoleon's army, immigrated to the Ukraine, and they said, what's your what's your name? And, he, you know, he said, Chevalier. And they said, okay, Chevalier, next. Right. The assembly line of dealing with all these immigrants. Well, Ellis Island. Um, well, it was in, I mean, it was just in like Ukraine. That. I yes, understand, yes, but yes, yes, the same kind of thing where they're just yeah. like, oh, whatever it sounds like to us, that's what it'll yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My father's um, from the Ukraine. But I mean, but also, I don't know, um, you know, that side of my, my father's side of my family, it's really sort of, uh, the, the documents are still sealed. I, I really have no idea. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I'll ever find out exactly. But you're not a Jew. You know, there's a funny story about this. I, um, I love to hear any funny story about someone maybe being uh, a Jew. I, my family are, is, you know, with the exception of, uh, you know, my mother. Uh, my mother is the second of 17 children. And everybody, yeah, everyone, yeah, staunch Roman Catholics, mm-hmm. of course. You, mm-hmm. know, you know, living in small town Canada. 
a lot to do but go to church and sin. Make babies. <laughs> What's well, not a uh, sin if you're married? Yeah, oh, yeah. In the Jewish religion, it's actually a good deed if you're married. And it's a double good deed if you do it on a Saturday, on a Shabbat. Man, the Jews got to figure it figured out. So my family, they're all staunch Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. And they, they're, my, I love my family and they love me. Um, and I think they've sort of written me off as a lost cause at this point because they're not trying to get me to come to church or anything like that or, you know, take Jesus Christ as my Savior. But <laughs> I did one of those DNA tests and I was secretly hoping... Because uh, I, you know, I live in New York, and my friends in New York are always like, "Are you a Jew?" Yeah. And uh, and I, I say no, but I, I have the a lot of the physical characteristics um, of a Jew. I have the, you know, I have like the nose, and I have the mole, and I have like, um, and I live in New York. You have a touch um, of the Jew about you for sure. And uh, a touch of the Jew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that will be my uh, when I move into my erotic writing. <laughs> <laughs> A touch of the, a touch of the Jew. That's not erotic. Um, Sorry. So I did this DNA test, and I was like, "Please let this prove that I'm from a Semitic bloodline." Funny. Because then I could go back and show it to all my, you know, Jew friends. Up, no, well, no, my uptight Roman Catholic family, and be like, "Guess what? We're Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God's chosen people, right? You know." Um, but no, it, you know, even that was, um, a disappointment and also totally cryptic, you know, because it, it, there was no, um, there were no surprises. It was like, oh yeah, you're, you know, white bread, Northern European. And I was like, Austro-Hungarian oh, something though, I bet you. Um, the, there was like, uh. There's something Hungarian. Like to me, I can, I see that. That's what I see. It looked. It looked to me like most of. It's hard to see in the little graph that they provide, provide you, but it looked to me like most of my bloodline comes from around like Turkey, um, which would explain like how how dark I am. Um, and also, when I went to Turkey, you know, of course, I don't believe in any of this crap. But when I went to Turkey, I was like, "Oh man, this is it." Oh, you this could feel spot. it. Yeah. My woman's intuition. My <laughs> spider senses were tingling. I was vibrating at a higher frequency. My crystal was glowing. Right. Yeah, yeah that happens. Just be careful I, where you I, stick I probably, that crystal. I was I was probably just low on sleep, but I, when I did have, you know, a sort of tremendous feeling come over. Of deja vu, something. Um, so you don't believe just in re- arriving or something like that. So you don't believe in reincarnation? Absolutely not. No. No. Not at all. So what happens? Mishka Shivali, what happens when we die? Lights out. That's it. That's it. Your consciousness is not aware of itself anymore? Nope. Well, science has disproven you, I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, yeah, but it's a lot of this is like choose your own science. Choose you know? your own scientists, yeah. Um, you know, because there are people from, you know, from both camps. Here's the benefit. Don't say camps to a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking shaky at one thirty. Here's the uh, here's the benefit. <laughs> we might just fall asleep. No, no, no. I'm getting just getting fired up. I'm really? Getting, I'm getting good and cranky now. So some <laughs> real gems are going to come out. The benefit to believing that it's just like the end of a Warner Brothers cartoon. It just you know the the darkness. You know, that's all, folks. You have to live this life right. You have to, everything that you have to do 
in your world, in your universe. You have to do it now. If, if, if you love somebody, you have to tell them that you love them. If you need to get revenge on somebody, you have to take it. And, and thinking, oh, reincarnation, it's like an excuse for procrastination or like, oh, I'll get it the next time or something. I believe heaven and hell, it's all in this one life. Might That's be in this apartment. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been through heaven and hell already today. So, what was the heaven part? Um, I didn't talk to my older sister for six years. Didn't see her for six years. Which you wrote about. Also, you've written about. Yeah. And, um, you know, and like, man, I was a dick to her as long as I can remember. I mean, when I was a very little kid, for some reason, I just wrote her off. Um, you know, probably when I was like six or eight, you know, I was just like, fuck you, you know, like, and, um, just sort of now getting to the root of where that comes from. But, um, she named her, she named her first kid after me. So like, you know, I, I only got to sleep at like one thirty last night cause I'm still on like bar time. And then her house wakes up at five thirty. So I got up at five thirty. And then we went to go and see Mika, my namesake, who's now, he's 12, he's almost 13. He's probably 6'3", size 15 feet. Oh my gosh. Tiny little mustache. Oh. He's a monster. It's unbearable. And also just the sweetest kid you'll ever meet, ever. And to, you know, just watch him out there, like, playing rugby, you know, with his team. And they're, you know, they were undefeated and they won today and, like... My brother-in-law and I were, like, just getting hoarse, you know, first thing in the morning, just, get, you know, like, yelling, you know, like, losing our minds, you know? Like, I just, I instantly transformed into one of those, like, freaky sports parents where I'm like, ah, you know? <laughs> it was awesome, you know? And, um, you know, my sister has, like, a St. Bernard puppy, and I have a special relationship with dogs. I don't know what it is, but, like, we just, we understand each other. You know, and that whenever I go there, to, you know, to visit, the dogs are always like, hey, we remember you. What's <laughs> up, man? Welcome home. Sweet. I, Come on, get down here with us. Do I'm you like, have a dog in Brooklyn? I don't. Because you uh, travel too much? Yeah. Well, I mean, also, you know, I mean, I was a drunk for a long time. I like couldn't take care of myself. Like, how could I ever take care of a but dog? But you're almost six years sober. You yeah. could have had ten puppies already. Well, this is, this is what's up. I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. I'm leaving New York. And the fucking minute I get out of New York, I'm getting a dog. I already know the dog. We already have a whole, like, protracted relationship in my <laughs> mind. We have adventures. I get annoyed <laughs> at the dog. The dog gets annoyed at me. We make up. It's like... What's the name of the Kindle single? Do you have that already? <sighs> no, no. I, uh, You're man, not I, that I, conceptual. Well, I, that's just... I feel like that's verging too much into, like, Disney or family or G-rated stuff. And I like, you know, I feel like I got to keep, you know, um, Johnny Cash says, you know, till things are brighter, I'm the man in black, you know, and uh, shit's still fucked up everywhere you go for all of us. Where are you moving? Uh, out here, man. That's we'll, so exciting. We'll be, we'll be neighbors. Yeah. I, I, I got to be out here with you and Drez. We're going to get together. We're going to have like girl talk. Might be a threesome. <laughs> oh, you had to take it there. You had to take it I there. couldn't help it. Listen, you write about women. You write about your total, like, fucking... You've told me and Dresner that we're female versions of you. So what the fuck do you think I'm going to say? 
It's like, really? Do you think I really am not going to go there? So, having a threesome with two other versions of myself does not sound appealing. I don't know. I um, I want to meet somebody who's like the exact opposite of me. Does that mean is that how much you loathe yourself? Really? I was I was talking to uh, to a friend today about um, about a girl who I I kissed once. You know, we were that was as far as it went. We kissed, uh-huh. and then. You know, she became fixated on me and then turned up at my door, you know, and was like, I got this tattoo. And she, like, pulled her shirt up a little bit and pulled her pants down a little bit. And right next to her coochie was, like, an M that she had gotten. And she was like, Mishka, I'm in love with you. I literally feel, like, nauseated right now. That story makes me feel nauseated. And and I told her, I said, I'm incredibly sorry to hear that. Are you sure that it wasn't like a Disney thing and it was no, Mickey Mouse? No. Jesus fuck. And it, I, I felt the same way um, well, you, about okay. her that I, I, would, I felt about a friend who would like get addicted to meth. You know, because on the one hand, you know, it's like I'm really concerned for your welfare because this is a terrible decision you're making. <laughs> and number two, I don't trust you anymore. And number three... You fucking idiot! It's meth. Like what the fuck? And that's you how thinking? you and that's how you feel about women who want to go out with you or just fuck no, you for one night. No, women who get my initial tattoo. Well, don't worry, Drez and I are not getting your fucking name tattooed. You know right. what? You're right. um, not even close. Um, <laughs> Why? Thank you. You're welcome. Does that? That's incredibly kind of you. I want to allay your fears somewhat. Um, but you wrote about that in that. Oh my god, I can't even like it's making me sick just thinking about it. The the one you wrote about the woman stalking you because I had and I know I reached out to you on Facebook cuz I had a somewhat similar and it's like I, I don't even want to like dignify these fucking crazy people she with anything. Me, like, she emailed me like 2 weeks ago. I just can't, like, I just, hi, how are you? You know, I was wanting to see how you're doing like can we, you know, can we get lunch and sort of like talk things over? I was like, are you fucking kidding but me? But that's not a person who's like you. Like, you're saying you want to you want to be with somebody who's nothing like you, but you're not like that. I mean, you're no, the guy no. that... No, you're the guy who's like... You probably need, like, flags waving you in. Like, you need a lot of encouragement. <laughs> Am I right? Am I reading you correctly? I, I have been fairly clueless in my life. Yes. Yeah. And, and continue to maintain. It's hilarious. I mean, it's really hilarious. I don't think you see yourself accurately at all. I'm going to say that. I mean, number one, who does? And number two, okay, maybe you're right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. This is, I mean, this is a a great mental trick to play. And I was just, I was talking to a friend in in Texas um, about this a week ago is, um, you know, she was saying that, you know, oh, how did I get, how did I get drawn into this bad relationship? How did this, you know, thing like Mm. unfold and stuff like that? And, uh, you know, how do I let these, you know, these things happen to me? I'm so stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, just put all that out of your head for a second. Think of a woman who's 38 She's in a line of work where she helps people. She, you know, she's helping her community. Um, intensely loyal to her 
her family, intensely loyal to her friends, um, and, you know, believes perhaps too much in the good in humanity. I was like, doesn't this woman sound like a great person? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's you. Yeah. You can't see it because it's you. Yeah. But if you think, if you give all the attributes that you have to a third person, um, then you're, you're like, oh, my, oh man, no, like, you know, I want that, I want that guy to succeed or I want that girl to succeed. But it's as soon as you put your name on that person, you're like, fuck that guy. Well, you know, are you in therapy? No, not anymore. Because not everybody thinks like that. Like not everybody I, yeah, I mean, thinks that way. I mean, that's the way that I think, but that's the way it's all not, my people think. I know, know, my people too. But um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a good thing though, because really what I'm starting to see is that I would like to be with somebody who has um, a lot in common with me. And I just, um, oh, fuck, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to get you to say stuff that you don't want to say, not me to say no, stuff. No, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it's this. It's interesting, we're, we're right? We're going to go down this rabbit hole. We are? Okay. This is something that's I'm like, ready. Um, that... It's sort of the conundrum of our modern life is that uh, we met tonight for the first time. Uh, we've done, we've spoken on the phone once before mm -hmm. uh, to do an interview. Um, but we have a lot of friends in common. We're connected on Facebook. So and I, we, and I, I read your essays and your posts and stuff like that. And, uh, and it breaks my fucking heart, man. And... Um, so it's like, it's really awesome. You can't get me to cry on my own podcast. That's <laughs> cheating. Fuck you. It's, you know, it's really awesome to meet you and to, to like play the game of, uh, you know, of like verbal ping pong back and forth, you know, because you're very intelligent and, and you and I have, you know, have a certain uh, common, you know, lexicon, right? Um, you know, from like the, the crap that we've been through and the crap that we continue to put ourselves through. <laughs> but um, I have to tell you, man, it's like painful to be somebody in orbit um, around, like around you and around Amy Dresner and around these people who I don't know. I don't know you at all. I, you right. know, I don't know Amy at all. It's a talent but, crush a little um, bit. But I know <clears throat> it's like every time I read your essays, man, I like it's 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 terrible because it's like watching Psycho where the girl's in the shower and there's the, the blade approaching. And you're like, no, don't like you got to run away or you got to not do what you're doing. Don't go into the abandoned mine. Don't go into the burning building. And, and you're, you know, you're, you're watching this character that you're like, you're sympath, you know, sympathetic towards and you care about, like do this stuff. And you're like, Oh no, don't do that. Don't do that. And, and I watch you guys both do it. And, and then the terrible thing is that, uh, the guys who like screw you over always remind me of me and it like, so it's like, it messes me up to like read your guys writing. Um, because, um, you know, definitely like love avoidant, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just had a little frog in my throat. You know, I don't find love avoidant men attractive anymore after my last uh, experience. 
I literally, it makes me physically ill. It's, so maybe I am I've growing. I've never heard that phrase before. Oh, look it up, baby. Look it's it up. It's really funny because, like, the dudes, when I got in the van today, they were like, are you all right? Like, what's, you know, um, what's, like, what's bothering you? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I would just, I, like, just went to visit my family. And they were like, well, yeah, but you love your family. They're like, why are you weird now? And the only thing I could think of to say was... Um, it's impossible for me to prevent my family from loving me. And it's fucking emotionally exhausting. There's like, they, they just love me, you know? And, and they love me even when I was like a drunken dirt bag. You know? Right. I mean, I like, I told my sister, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to come, I'm going to show up, but like, don't tell the kids. Don't tell anybody well, that I'm coming. So cute. And so then, uh, I just like rolled up to the gate and then like, you know, went in and then I was like, I could hear something in the house and then the girls came out and they were like, oh, like big grins and I just like ran up and like jumped on me and jumped into my arms. Like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Uncle Bishop, we didn't know you were coming. Why didn't you tell us? You know, and like, and they're like, oh, please stay. Like you have to, you know, and just like killing me. And uh, they're like, oh, we didn't even, we didn't even take your hat. And like, you look like a dog. You have so much hair on your face. I made fun of me. And, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, it's awesome. But, um, you know, I mean. It's hard to take. Yeah, I spend, I feel like I spend the bulk of my life when I'm away from my family, like trying to keep people away from me. And uh, so it's, you know. That's called love avoidance. That's what that is. There's a name it's for it. Self-preservation, sweetheart. You know what? Firstly, don't fucking call me sweetheart. After you, <laughs> that's exactly why I called you sweetheart. After you've devastated me on your on my own podcast, <laughs> and I got that, my kids. You know, that, that's a good trick, huh? <laughs> I'm like, I told really? you I'd have some original content for you. I'm so mad at you right now. I moved my kids' baseball shit out of my back seat to make room for your guitar, okay? No. We're already, like, connected. No, no. This is terrible. Really, though, um, you know what you said earlier about your sister, um, and you're like, you know, I don't even know when I was six or eight why I wrote her off Why I was six, when I was six or seven, and I'll tell you why. Because when you're wired, like you're wired like maybe i'm wired again i only know i don't know you i'm not going to pretend to know presume to know you just because i've read your shit you know because i don't like when people do that to me and you don't like when people do that to you um however uh there is a part of you that says i'm going to write them off before they write me off i'm going to reject them before they reject me and i do it to my own parents i barely talk to my parents because it's like i'm not going to I'm not even going to, I mean, yeah. why would I open myself up that way? I, quit. I already quit and I quit so long. I mean, I moved 6,000 miles away. So it's like, I already quit when I was 23. Yeah. But like you said, if it's one life, if there's no reincarnation, if I don't get another shot at being their daughter and you don't get another shot at being your mother's son, it's like, you better, how is your mom? How's your mom doing? That's why I'm moving to California. Yeah? You know, my, is she doing okay? Well, oh, yeah, my mom's kicking ass. Good. You know, I, um, she sounds amazing. I mean, you guys, you have to read his writing if you haven't already because you do feel like you're part of that. You know, you're part of the family. And, um, this yeah. is how awesome my mom is. I was down uh, at Doug Stanhope's house in Arizona and uh, 
awesome dude gave us a big bag of mushrooms when we were in uh, New Orleans. Oh, God. And uh, so uh, we ate mushrooms, and then I looked at my phone, and I was like, shit, it's my mom's birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I called her quick, and I was like, Mom, I love you. This is your this is your number one son, you know. Just Did you call. tell her you were tripping was, on mushrooms? Well, no, I wasn't tripping yet. Oh, okay. So I was like, Mom, I'm just I'm calling to tell you I love you so much. You're the best, best mom I ever had. I want you to have the happiest day ever. Don't call me back. <laughs> because by the time you get this message, I will be somewhere else entirely. And, uh, and you know, I, I saw her, you know, yesterday and we laughed about it and stuff. And, you know, she, uh, you know, my, my buddy Joe was with me. She gave him a tour of like the little camper that she lives in right now. And, uh, you know, she's already making all sorts of plans for me of like the chores I'm going to do for her when I'm going to be back, you know, back there in 10 days. Um, no, my mom's awesome. Nothing can get her down. Wow. And, and then and you, then, and then me <laughs> and I wake up every morning and I'm like, Oh, this, again? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't die in my sleep. This is bullshit. I can't even talk right now because I, but what about if you're getting laid? Doesn't that change everything? Cause for me, I don't wake up like that. If <sighs> I got laid, I'm just telling you honestly, and yet I, I don't go that route really anymore because it's, it's like, it's just, there's too many problems. Right. Mishka Shivali, good with words, bad with birds. <laughs> and I quote, that should be the next t-shirt. Um, but, um, don't you think? Because that's the only thing that makes me feel better. And it works. Uh, well, love, come on. Okay, are we talking about getting late or are we talking about being in love? I don't know are, what we're talking about yet. Two different things. I don't know yet. I'm still I, waiting to find out. I always compare living in New York to being in love because <laughs> when... Brutal? <laughs> when you're, you know, when you have like a, you know, one of those... A Mentos moment from like a Mentos commercial or something where like the bus drives by and like splashes you with, you know, if you live in like Haverhill, Massachusetts, then that just sucks. That's just a terrible thing. But if you live in New York City yeah. and that happens to you, you're like, well, well I'm in still New York. Still in New York. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, totally. I'm, here, I'm, I'm suffering for a reason. You know? I miss New York so much. And, yeah. Um, but, um, so being in love is just like that because everything is just better. It just makes everything better. It makes everything better. But doesn't it kind of make everything worse too? Yeah, because when it, when it's gone, it's... Does it have to be a when? Listen, I was happily married, so I have no, that. I'm, that's my question to you. Yeah, God, to me. you're listening, <laughs> why does it always have to be a when it's gone? Well, it doesn't, this, first this of all. Thing, man. What about polyamory? Oh. That works. God. It might work. I need to tell you a story about polyamory. I want to hear it. I'm we ready. We were in San Marcos. And this guy who I, I really met like 30 seconds earlier said, how much pussy do you need to be getting in order to be, for it to be considered slaying? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I already really dislike you. And now... I really think you're a terrible guy. Yeah. And then it went on for him to be like, um, you know, he was like, you know, well, you know, my wife and I are polyamorous, you know, right. so we have a girlfriend. And I was like, it's like, 
Man, no. You're just a, you're just a slime ball with a fancy word that you don't even know what it means. You have a piece on the side. You're and side chick. And there's yeah, and and there's nothing uh, there's nothing cutting edge or progressive, you know, or anything about it. You're like you know fucking. Jesse Jackson or Bill Clinton or any of those like philanderers, you know, with the fucking piece on the side. You you call it polyamory and, and to try and put some spin on it, but like it's, you just you want to slay pussy. That's what you said. That's what you just said. You want to slay pussy. You fucking showed your hand, man, yeah. and you're a terrible person. Yeah. Now get away from me. And I was trapped with this dude all night, of course, like cornered by this guy. He probably wanted you to fuck his wife. Oh, God. That's why he was talking to you. You didn't get that? That was the subtext of that conversation. See what I mean? I'm glad I missed it then. (laughs) But look, it doesn't... I don't know. Like I said, I was happily married, and I don't know about whether things... And for well over a decade, I'll tell you. And I don't know about whether it's possible to be with one person and whatever, but... I don't think it necessarily all has to end as spectacularly badly as, for example, your relationships have. Well, again, Listen. thank you. Thank <laughs> You're you. welcome. No, but you know how right. you talk about feeling... Um, me up. I'm touching his knee right now, um, and he's panicking. Listen, um, no, but you know how you talk about that your heart breaks when you read my shit? Because that's how I feel when I read your things about relationships, and I just go, <gasps> like, it just it's the well, same good. kind of... <laughs> Good. As we long broke as I each other. Somebody hearts. else down with me. <laughs> you know what? I always aim to to depress everybody. You know what? We couldn't possibly depress everybody else uh, enough. Um, <laughs> but um, no. But even like this last thing that you wrote about, it was just like, oh, because it just all looked so good on Facebook. I know. I Everything know. looks good on Facebook, though. Well, you know, I mean the the without going into detail too. Like, yeah. We're all trying to be respectful of our exes at the same time as being complete confessional memoirists. Well, that's that's the thing, is that when you're a memoirist, your job is to give away your own secrets while keeping the secrets of others around you. And that, and it's tricky, you know, but it, the, my last relationship, like, I, I did something a little bit in bad faith in that last story. I made it look like it was all my fault, and it wasn't. And like, I really let my ex off the hook, and she should. Uh, you know what? I got the subtext. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I fucking read that shit loud and clear. Please. <laughs> All, right. All right. I wouldn't worry about it. You know what? You can. You can. Well, but it, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make a mistake, if you're gonna screw up, you should err on the side of being too generous to people who have hurt you instead of the. Oh, well, I've been fucking up then. It's the last thing. There's something that I just wrote that was so, you know, I was so worried that it was going to be like too vindictive because I wrote this thing called 21 types of guys you should never date. And literally 17 of them was one guy that I last (laughs) dated. And I knew that like it was going to be pretty obvious to him and to his friends because a lot of what happens is that I I accumulate like a guy and then I accumulate all his friends start reading my shit and then they start reporting to him, which is not, I don't, I didn't ask for that. I don't want that, but I, it does cross my mind when I'm writing because I don't want to 
because I'm a fu- I just want to be funny, really. And yeah. then and then occasionally, you know, a little sucker punch to the gut. But um, I actually keep shaving away at it until it's less vindictive, until it's as least, um, you know, at least punchy with a velvet glove, you know. But well, it's still while well, still retaining the integrity of it because you can't. I can't be fucking pandering to anyone, especially some fucking dickhead who broke my heart. So that's the the balance. There's a uh, there's a great Jamaica Kincaid quote that it's been such a long time since I read it that the quote itself has um, escaped me. But it's like it's something along the lines of um, all masters are evil and all slaves are righteous. Right. And the minute the balance of power tips. You know, if if you get into a fight with a guy and he's he's, you know, you see a guy slap his girlfriend. So you you, you get into a fight with him. You're the hero until you start winning. When you're winning, you have to let him up. You have to let him go on his way. When you're like kicking the shit out of him, then you're the asshole and he's no longer the asshole. You're the asshole. And that's 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 how it is in life is that like the minute that you get you pin somebody that you get them down, you have to let them up. Right. Otherwise, you become the 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 very thing that you hate. And that's comedy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's the balance. That's why those comics were good tonight because yeah. it was like you yeah. have to know who you're making fun of. Yeah. And then you have to know when it's time to make fun of yourself. Yeah. The comics: Brendan Walsh, Jay White Cotton, J.T. Habersat all brilliant dudes and the for each of them they'll they'll take a swipe at anybody any any race any group you know but their biggest punching bag is always themselves well isn't that most comedians though yeah but i think that's what you have to do in order to to not be a shithead <laughs> is you know I mean it's like, if you're some righteous crusader then like I don't know like fucking run for office and just be that yeah. kind of terrible right you know but um you know, you know don't try and have the moral high ground and be a comic no you definitely can't be um politically correct but it's difficult because you like you said, you can't. You don't want to be that asshole who has the, their foot on somebody's neck. But at the same time, if they've had their fucking foot on your neck, and if you know that by writing what you're writing, you're releasing a lot of other people from the hell of that, then you have you have a, a responsibility to to put that out there as much as you can. And I'm not, you know, one fucking hundredth as successful as you are, so. Um, for me, I want to do that. I, that's why I want more people to see my shit, not because of whatever, but because I really believe that there's something in that that's important. It's, it's funny, you know, the, um, when I wrote the long run, I was like, I wrote it like I was writing in a, a secret diary that nobody would ever see. You have to write everything like that, don't uh, you? Yeah. Yeah. And then I just sent it to my editor and then he fucking sent it out into the world (laughs) like a jerk. Um, But... Oh, yeah. You're really mad at him. Well, 
when it came out, I was like, this story is so ugly and so base and so gross that it's going to destroy my burgeoning career as a writer. But I'm helpless to not write it because this is what I know and this is what I went through and this is my life, you know? And I could not have been more wrong. I really thought that it was just going to alienate everybody, but man, you human beings, you guys are a bunch of dark motherfuckers. I told you. I can't tell you how many, uh, that, that story has sold maybe 90,000 copies now, more wow. than all my other stories put together. And wow. I can't, and I see, still but that's get, a little, de- for me, that's a little depressing because I love all the other stories. So I'm like, fuck the fucking people. Well, yeah. I mean, and I, I you know, I, I would love for, for people to read, I don't know, I think of Mice and Me is a little more hopeful, you know, than, than a lot of the other ones. And there's a but, depth uh, to it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've really been, you know, turning the magnifying glass on myself you know, more and more and more with each one, you know, but, um, so with the long run, I didn't set out to help anyone. I just, I had to like, I had this, it was like throwing up. I had this poison in me and I just had to get it out. And I, and I, I, in no way was I trying to help anybody. I was just like, I was just like, I gotta just, you know, I, I have to bear witness to like the stuff that I've been through and man, I like accidentally helped so many people um, through that, and uh, you know, I like I keep getting messages from people like, "Oh yeah, I've been sober for eighteen months," or "I've been sober for two years," or like, "This really helped me get over that," or whatever. This got me running. I ran my first marathon. I ran my first ultra marathon. You know, and um, it's a long way of saying I don't think you should try and help. I think you should try and help yourself. And if you're able to help yourself, it will be true. And then it'll help other people. But I think it's, at least for me, I think it's wrong to approach it as trying to, um, trying to help people. I don't even think that that's Mm. it because that's not my intention because I do exactly what you do when I write, which is that I I pretend nobody else will read it. I don't think you're trying to help people at all. I think you're trying to sort through the quagmire of your life so you can understand it. Right. But there's a justification, part of my justification for writing something that, for example, kind of hangs somebody out to dry. You know, like you said, you were too generous to that woman in in your last story. You were a little bit like you let her off the hook. And part of my justification for the fact that sometimes I can be quite scathing and acerbic as a way to process the the pain is that I think, well, this is how other people feel and other people are going to get something out of this. Like, that's what I tell myself, because for some reason, when you're a woman and you're an artist, there is still a part of you that feels like you need to give yourself the fucking permission. And, and you don't see it in the work because I know people say to me like you oh it's so refreshing because it's so whatever you know but you you i feel like as a man and an artist maybe you don't have to you don't nobody fucking gave you permission you never asked for it and you never you don't need it and i still feel a little bit like like i have to give my like i have to tell myself no you, this is okay because it might help someone it's yeah. fucking tragic yeah that's you're totally right there that um 
I think women are taught to, you know, it's okay to express yourself if you're doing it for the greater good. Yeah. And, and men are taught, they're like, no, go be selfish. Yeah. Um, I, I finally got around, I'm a huge fan of Kathleen Hanna, always loved Bikini Kill, Mm -hmm. and, uh, finally got around to watching, uh, The Punk Singer the other night, which is just an amazing documentary. And, you know, she, she sort of, you know, ends with, you know, this thought that, or, you know, a, a repeated experience she had over and over, which is that, you know, for men, you know, people are like, oh, you know, what happened? And then a guy tells his story and they're like, oh, okay. And then when a woman tells her story, people are like, well, now is that really what happened? <sighs> and to be constantly undermined like that. Yeah, like, it's invalidating. I can't believe there aren't more female spree killers. Well, <laughs> stick around. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next project. That's my next plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm more of a murder-suicide kind of girl, but um, what's um, in that? That... Was, that was always my plan, but I was always suicide first and then murder. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, who's the yeah. top? Who's at the top of my list? That guy. <laughs> you got the order wrong. If you yeah. fuck that up, there's no going back. Oops. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, but listen, you in your last story were like, okay, maybe I'm open to having kids, which I think is so. I'm sorry, you're not going to leave that down because now it's in print and you wrote it and you were feeling mushy that day and now you're going to pay. Um, so, but when you talk about your sister's kids too, it's like so obvious that on one hand, it could be really amazing, right? And then on the other hand, as somebody who's had children, who um, has some kind of similarities in temperament, it could be really bad, really, really, really bad, both for you and for the kids. So, I mean, all, that's all what... my friends yeah. who have kids, Yeah. whenever I talk to them about it, and I'm like, you know, if you had to do it over again, you know, would, would you have kids, or would you have as many kids as you have? And, there, and before they answer, there's always this... <sighs> Empires rise and fall in that fucking inhalation and exhalation of breath. Yeah. And they're in their mind, they're saying all the true things. And then they say, um, I love my kids. They're a lot of work, but you know, I'm like, it's ah, the most fuck rewarding. You, yeah. Fucking politician. And who will tell you the truth? Me. That's who. Yeah. I'll tell you the fucking truth about parenting. Yeah. That was a, that was a hard one to read that essay. I was like, this crazy woman. God forbid her children should ever read this. I know, I know. But you know what? Well, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I hope my children don't read until they develop a strong sense of irony. Um, but would you and could you? And because I'll tell you something, that is the only thing that keeps me from killing myself. I would say some days, but really, really recently, every day. So... I don't know what what you how you keep yourself alive, but keeping myself alive was never the plan. I mean, my my plan was <laughs> like out of duty to my mother, I would be the good son and like not tap out until she died. So it's your mom, and okay? Then, and then like, well, no, I fucked up. I um, that was my that was always my plan. But now like, my sister had these 
fucking kids. Okay, good. And like, good. they love their weird uncle. Yeah. And now I'm just like going to be trapped here forever, man. No, it's, it's not. It's only till they're 18. Listen, I figured it all out. Are you kidding? Go online. Read the statistics. If you top, if you top yourself after your kids or your nieces and nephews are 18, it's a lot less damaging. Like the statistics go yeah, down but, yeah, but like, 50%. What were you doing when you were 18? Were you fully formed? Were you stable? Were you, uh, I'm, was, st- I'm fucking 40. I'm still not stable. What are you talking man, about? When I was 18, I could like, I mean, I could hitchhike across, you know, across the country, but I couldn't tie my own shoes. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, if I lost like one of my parents then, you know, or, you know, somebody with like a, you know, a, a central importance like that in my life, like I would have been devastated. I love those fucking terrible kids too. Yeah. I, mean, I like, I can't. And it, this is the thing. This is the horrible thing about life is you just get more and more and more ensnared in it, and then it's over. Yeah. And then you're like, you're finally like, you know, all right, yeah, you know, I'm 59 years old, and I finally feel like I want to be here. I want to live my life. And then you have a stroke and you die. Or something oh yeah. Like that. Yeah. Grand piano falls on your yes. head the next day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My my life and death is a cartoon. Yeah. I wonder about that. I wonder about whether. Yeah. Um, you don't think about going on medication because <laughs> I think on, about I'm it every medication. day. Are you really? Yeah, this is me on meds. <laughs> oh, do you think I should go back on medication? Maybe I should. I want to know what you're on, but if you're not comfortable sharing it, it's fine. Uh, Everybody who goes on this podcast tells me what meds they're on, but whatever you feel comfortable with. <laughs> I, what is it called? Um, I think it's. Can I guess? Can we play guess the medication? Well, I I, I confuse Selexa with Lexapro. The other thing is that um, if you're listening at home, don't shop around for an antidepressant. Go to your fucking doctor because if you're depressed and you need to be on medication, you're the exact worst person to be choosing your medication and ordering shit from Canada, which I've known lots of people who have done. Really? Yeah. Go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. I, you know, I was prescribed, you know, antidepressants by my doctor. And, like... How you know, long have you been on them? Uh, off and on for, whatever, I don't know, four or five years. But like on, that. but on consistently for how long? Oh, I go on every winter and I go off every summer. Oh, so you have SAD. Yes. Seasonal affective disorder. And, I mean, I'm still, like... You're not going to need anything in California. No, You don't even no, fucking no. have seasons. Believe me. The worldview I have, I still, like, get freaky. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, in in the summertime or in California or whatever, I am cognizant of my negative worldview and my depressive tendencies and my nihilism and all that stuff. <laughs> and But when I'm in New York in February... Um, I'll have a, you know, I'll see a friend of mine and we'll like go to, you know, B&H and like get awesome soup and hang out and talk and like have a great time. And then I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to go on living for a little while longer. And that's when I realize, oh shit, I've been planning to kill myself and it, I didn't even notice it. It just crept into my head. Right. And I've sort of been like making plans to like wrap things up and I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to clean my room one last time. And then I'm like, oh fuck. Like I didn't even, something snuck in and I didn't even catch it until now when, and then I'm like, I, I'm 
depressed and I gotta like get on a plane to go and visit my family in the you know in the warmth or I gotta like be religious about taking my meds every day um but that's a little scary, you know. Well, that's what people don't understand, and this is why it drives me fucking crazy when I see these message boards and about Robin Williams and about people, and, and it's just, oh, it's a selfish act. Shut the fuck up. It's a selfish act. You don't have any fucking idea what you're talking about. Number one, it's euthanasia because it's somebody putting themselves out of their misery. And number two, exactly like you just described so perfectly, is that you lose the power of choice, and that's when you know you're in trouble. Because you're just like, wow, I lost the power of choice. Like, I didn't even realize. There was no self-awareness. There was no there was no gap between what I was going to do and the observing voice that was saying, maybe your family really wants you to stick around. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this on the selfishness thing, I mean, I like, I sort of, I see both sides of the coin with that. You know, I mean, um, in, you know, in my situation, I don't have children. Now, I own my own body. I own my own life. It's mine to do with with it what I want. Exactly. And also, you know, me being, you know, a hardcore drunk for a long time caused immeasurable pain to my mother and my, you know, my family. And, uh, and if I, you know, I don't care that I was miserable that whole time, but if I could do anything to, to like, not hurt them through that, I, I would do it. You know, I'd absolutely do it. We call that a living amends in AA, and I know you don't subscribe to AA, but we do. <laughs> the, the fucking eye roll was legendary. You need a sound effect. For like, <laughs> like, your eyes roll. rolling in the back of your head. Yeah. Yeah, but it, that is a living amends. I mean, that is making up to making up for. I figured out a new, my new stance towards AA. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> I love and support all my people in AA. Of course. Everybody and anybody trying to get better. You've been clear about that. Yes. And I fucking hate the AA dogma. I hate that shit. I really think that in in some regards, I think it's doing more more harm than good. Well, the whole positive, positive, positive thinking thing has done more harm than good. Because then what happens is that people who are depressives and have that nihilistic worldview fucking hate themselves more because they can't be positive. Yeah. Because it's like there's only what is. There can't be any judgment about every part of yourself. It's like, oh, these are the good parts and these are the bad parts. It's all just part of what you are. So if you're going to accept yourself, you can't look at, you can't judge, oh, this is positive, this is negative, this is emotional sobriety, this is not. It's like it just is. Uh... Discretion means literally, um, well, it's I mean, dis excretion, which is basically the ability to tell shit from food. It's <laughs> integral to survival for any being, whether you know whether it's a you know a little you know jellyfish, you know, up to us. And um, you need to have that whether you're. Whether you're drinking or sober, or you don't have a problem, or you know, everybody needs to know, like, yeah, this is this is good, yeah, this is bad, and like to just to say, like, oh, we're just gonna just think positively. You know, no, you can't whitewash everything. You need to know, you know. Um, that's one of the things I value about mushrooms. Is every time I eat mushrooms, I wake up the next morning, I go through my phone, and I delete like ten numbers because I'm like, 
These people are making no contribution to my life. I don't know why I'm still in touch with these people. Why don't you block them? Um, you want to see my blocked callers list? It's regular than it's it's longer than my regular phone. <laughs> I only delete them if I'm afraid I'm going to call them. But if I if I just don't want them to call me, then I block them. I've, I think I've actually changed my number enough times. Oh that my god! Nobody has my number anymore. But um, I've got your fucking number. <laughs> but it's, I smell a suicide pact, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> this was the most depressing podcast ever in invention, and definitely the most depressive one that I've done. That was my goal. That was my goal. Well, you've I just succeeded. Want, I want people to leave in tears. if you are not right now standing on a chair that you're about to kick out of the way and you don't have a fucking noose around your neck then clearly you haven't heard what we were saying it's like those bumper stickers that say if you're not angry you're not paying attention and you know what else you know what I'm finding out through all the therapy and all of the shit that I've processed is that if you turn that anger outwards it's a lot better it's progress that's why I box yeah yeah. Get that shit out. Yeah. yeah. Just go slap a bitch up. You'll feel better. I totally disagree with everything <laughs> about that statement. <laughs> All right. Mishka Shabali, thank you. I'm so glad we had this conversation. And uh, thank you. I really am grateful. I think you're just a huge talent and a much more wonderful man than you even will ever understand. So thank you. Thank you. Like what you just heard? Subscribe to The MILF Code on iTunes and hear lots of fun, real, sexy talk with me, Susanna Brisk. Enjoy.